Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Adam Carricker on the ticket. Just a friendly reminder, have lunch with me every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Central Time. Hopefully something intelligent is said at some point during the fastest hour of radio each and every week here on 93.7 The Ticket. All right, I want to revisit the running back room real quick. Honestly, I could spend so much time on each and every one of these subjects, but... I have a short attention span, so I try to keep it short for other folks as well. The running back room. Because it's funny, immediately everyone goes with tight ends to catching, making the big play. All right? Immediately for Sean Jackson, who knows better than him, he went right to blocking. Who's going to block? And if Matt Rule wants to run the football, we got to be able to move people at the point of attack. We got to be able to create holes. We got to have running backs who are going to hit people in the mouth, make people miss, run people over, down after down after down, put their foot in the ground and hit somebody in the mouth, which, by the way, is easier said than done. I won't name a name, but there was a running back that I played with in Nebraska. He was known for closing his eyes as he went through the hole. True story, unfortunately. But here is my point, okay? When you come back to the running back room, something that gets left out a lot of the time is who is willing to block in blitz pickup. A lot of times, the running back who comes in on third down situations, when you're most likely going to throw the ball, A lot of times it's your best pass catcher. A lot of times it's the guy you trust to pick up a blitzing linebacker or a blitzing safety. And I'll tell you, from watching their one-on-one drills, so offensive linemen, defensive linemen, we do one-on-one pass rush drills. Well, running backs and linebackers, they do one-on-one drills as well, where a a linebacker blitzes and the running back's got to pick them up. Now, if you think about it, the running back, his forward momentum is only about, I don't know, maybe a yard. While he's four or five yards off the ball, well, that linebacker's got about a three, four, maybe five-yard head start. It takes a special kind of guy to be willing to step up and meet a linebacker. First of all, you got to know who to block. you got to understand the passing protections, which a lot of times running backs, I don't want to say they overlook, but they don't prioritize. They prioritize getting the ball. What am I going to do when I'm running with the ball, when I catch the ball? A lot of times, blitz pickup is not prioritized. So a lot of times, the guys you see in on third down aren't just the pass catchers out of the backfield, but they're the guys who are going to know who to pick up. Okay. They understand the audibles at the line of scrimmage. They're, they know how to scan inside out. You want to go inside out because if you pick up the outside guy, the inside guys are going to get there quicker. It's just basic geometry, shorter line. I, I got to be in geometry. So I'm no, not an expert. That's for sure. But I understand basic geometry. 
it's the guys who are willing to block. You got it. It takes a different kind of guy to be willing to block a guy with a five, four yard head start who probably outweighs you as well. Most linebackers tend to outweigh most running backs. Here's this. I'm full of stories today. Okay. There weren't many people. I didn't have a problem hitting somebody in the mouth over and over and over, whether I was winning or losing. If you pancake me, I was going to get up. You better do it again. Didn't happen a lot. Uh, but I, I had no problem hitting somebody in the mouth over and over and over. My D-line coach in St. Louis called me square helmet. I thought it was an insult. He's like, no, you're like a battering ram. I was like, okay. I, it still makes me sound dumb, but I guess I'll go. I was a rookie. What was I going to say? All right. Pork chop. If anybody remembers pork chop. All right, Corey. He, he had, how do I say this? He had the extreme leverage advantage on me. I'll put it like that. Okay, he had the extreme. He was a lot shorter than I was. I came free one time as a DN on a, on a, I think it was a zone blitz. And Corey was supposed to pick me up. You want to talk about a guy that I am significantly physically outweigh. There was no hesitation in his game. He hit me right. And I mean, in the mouth, I mean, just based on where his helmet was and my helmet was because of the height differential, I was a lot taller. Ergo, he was a lot lower. He hit me right in the chin with the top of his helmet uh, simply because that's where he was and I was based on our height and I needed to get my butt lower. He split my chin wide open. Um, the only time I can ever remember in my life thinking, do I want to hit this guy, was the very next play when I came through again and he stepped up to hit me. That's the only time I can remember hesitating for a split second. I think I was still wiping the blood off of my, I think it was a white jersey because I wasn't a black shirt yet. Uh, I don't know if I was in the yellow jersey. It was my freshman year. I can't remember because you went from white to yellow and then to black back in the day. I don't think they do the yellow jerseys anymore. Yellow kind of indicated second team. Anyways, I digress. Uh, my blood, uh, my, my chin was gushing. The blood was all over whatever color jersey I had. And that's the only time I can remember hesitating. Now, that doesn't mean I was a tough guy. Maybe I just lacked intelligence and didn't understand, hey, maybe you don't want to run your head into a wall all the time. But uh, that guy had no problem stepping up and blocking somebody. Not only was he a great running back and had great hands out of the backfield, that's why he played three downs, because he would block and blitz pickup as well. Good old pork chop. I actually chatted with him via DM on Twitter the other day. He's doing well, in case you find folks are wondering. Now, I just wanted to revisit that briefly when it came to running backs. Because who's going to be willing to block? And if you are called upon to be a lead blocker on like a wide receiver motion sweep type deal, which I don't know that we're going to do a ton, but are you willing to be a lead blocker? Whatever the case may be. All right. What if we do some sort of, uh, you know, quarterback power and you're called upon to be a lead blocker every once in a while? It may not happen a ton. Are you willing to lead through the hole and hit a linebacker? All right. Let's go to Colorado. This is uh, a topic, a team, a coach, Coach Prime. I've said it before, I'll say it again, probably and again. My favorite NFL player when I was growing up, okay? My favorite college player was, was Trev Alberts, Wistrom, Frazier, Beringer. Those were probably my top four, okay? As far as NFL, it was Dion, Mike Vick. Again, our games were so different. I love people that are just different than me, especially when it comes to sports. I love watching other people's games and how they play and what they do in an effort just to try to get better in my own right. Now I was a high school quarterback, very different type quarterback than Mike Vick, but Deion Sanders is a guy who was a celebrity among celebrities. Okay. He's a guy who's doing something at Colorado. That's never been done before. They were down. I lost track. At one point they had 51 transfers. They could be, 
they could be up to uh, like 1.4 million transfers at this point. I'm going to round down when I say that number. Okay, but at one point, they were down to 12 scholarship guys on their team. 12. 12. That's crazy. That's like a youth baseball team. My son's baseball team has 12 players on it right now for 13U. But, alas, they have brought their numbers back up. Okay, I know they were back up to 71, maybe 73 scholarship guys. They anticipate more more new guys coming in. They have the number one transfer portal transfer portal class in the country right now. They could they could have high seventies, mid seventies, close to eighty new scholarship guys on their roster. That is crazy to me. Now, like I said earlier in this show, if you weren't here, when you go one and eleven, it's hard to argue that anything you do isn't going to improve the team. He clearly wants to overhaul the roster when he was talking about his luggage being Louie and essentially get out in that first team meeting, which a highly controversial meeting at the time. Okay. He meant it. He very clearly meant it. And so he's bringing in his guys, so to speak. And some of the players who've left are, you know, not too thrilled with how coach prime is handling things. And that's going to happen when there's a roster overhaul like this, you know, they talked about how, the coaches there wouldn't talk to them unless you were one of their guys and you know didn't even know their names and things of that nature and only the new guys got paid attention to you know the one thing i did find interesting i mean that's if you're trying to get people to leave because you want to bring in your guys i mean college football is a business you know as, as much as people i think are starting to realize that especially with all these new tv deals i'm not justifying i'm not uh, arguing against or for i'm simply relaying the facts as i know them about what dion's doing but college football is a business, and if you're trying to win games, ergo keep your job, maybe get a raise, maybe maybe in his eyes, maybe not get a better job down the road. That was his approach. There was a defensive lineman who who played in the playoffs with Michigan, okay, transferred to Colorado in January, and he transferred out right after the spring game. So he was clearly one of their guys, and now he's not. All right, so I watch what Dion's doing, and I'm like, how are you going to have any sort of team chemistry? How is this going to work? Because Nebraska is coming into town. The second game of the year for us, we got Minnesota. Then we got Colorado, okay, in Boulder, Colorado. Beautiful field, by the way. If you've got asthma, the altitude isn't phenomenal, and that, that was my case. But I digress. We can re- revisit that another day. I am so excited for that game beyond just Dion beyond just Matt Rule and Matt Rule versus Dion and Nebraska-Colorado, and that's a fun rivalry to revisit. They're not going to like that I said this, but big brother, little brother, let's be real. Okay, and I'm also curious to see how does his team look? I mean, just something as simple as getting a, a, a the snap from the center, the handoff to the running back. I mean, they didn't just overhaul this roster throughout the winter. They did it after spring ball which means most of these guys aren't going to have spring ball reps together. They're only going to have fall camp reps together, which means you not only don't have months worth of reps together, you've got weeks, weeks worth of reps together. A lot of these teams that are doing really good have been together for two, three, four years. Now the transfer portal has changed a lot of that. You can make an argument. Hey, Adam, Caleb Williams goes out to USC year one, wins the Heisman Trophy. Jalen Hurts goes out to Oklahoma, Heisman Trophy finalist. Joe Burrow goes to LSU after leaving Ohio State, wins the Heisman Trophy. That was year two at LSU, but uh, still pretty freaking impressive. I'm just curious to see how they look from a cohesive standpoint. 
Are they going to have busts on coverages, busts on blitzes? You know, are they going to have guys missing blocking assignments? I just talked about running backs knowing who to block. Rashawn talked about tight ends. Just at least knowing how to position block, if nothing else. It's going to be interesting to watch that team. They may be the most improved team from the first game of the year to the last game just simply because they're actually going to have practiced together. Now, when you look at Nebraska, new quarterback, Jeff Sims. Okay, probably a new starter at running back. Appears to be Gabe Bourbon at this point in time. We've got a whole fall camp to go through. Teddy Prohaska is going to be back. Nadine Willey is going to be back. A lot of the old linemen will be back. Right, We have a transfer from Arizona State starting at center who looked good in the spring game. Okay, hopefully Turner Corcoran is healthy. Bryce Benhart, they're given another chance. Okay, how are, how are we going to gel? But a lot of these guys have been around each other outside of uh, the transfer from Arizona State Center. A lot of these guys have been around each other. So at least they've got the familiarity familiarity with each other. Coach Riola is back. Whether you were excited about that or not, okay, I've talked about why I believe Matt Rule did that. His players love him. Okay, he's an engaging personality. Okay. So I'm curious to see how we gel as a team, the 3-3-5. It's a little bit more of an intricate defense to put in because you're trying to confuse the offense. You're bringing blitzes from everywhere. You're showing blitz. You're dropping. You're putting four down, three down. Okay. But whatever it is that we've got to try to figure out and do together here at Nebraska, I don't want to say it pales in comparison to what Coach Dion, Coach Prime Time is doing at the University of Colorado, but it pales in comparison because he's like 90% or more of his roster is brand new. I think everybody's roster changes a lot now in college football just because of the transfer portal. But when you look at what he's doing, it's crazy. So I'm curious to see how well we gel here at the University of Nebraska with some of the new faces, new coaches, new schemes, new things we're going to do. And then I'm curious to see how they look. I am very much excited about that game. I know everybody is. Okay, Colorado, Nebraska. All right, I got a question. A.A. Ron says, how can Colorado possibly be ready for their first game with so many coming from the portal? Oh, I mean, great question. This is why they're going to be so intriguing. Okay, how much bling is Dion going to wear on the sideline? That's the first thing I'm going to look for in their first game. Okay, and then how is the rest of their team going to look? One thing I do have to point out, and I, I can't remember if I pointed this out on this show before or not, but when, in that first press conference, when he basically named his son Shadur the starter in the press conference, that I was like, that's crazy. And then I believe at the start of spring ball, was he the only player that had a number on his jersey because they all had to earn their numbers on their jersey? I mean, was he the only player with a number on his jersey in the first practice? I thought it was crazy what we saw at Iowa with Ferentz. Okay, Kirk Ferentz not firing his son, Brian Ferentz. Let's be honest. He kept his offensive coordinator as abysmal as that offense was a year ago. He kept him, and I know they altered the contract and all that. Okay, better average 25 points per game this year. You ain't going to be there next year, okay, Mr. Brian Ferentz. But he kept him because he was his son. It's crazy that you can still see daddy ball at a major Division One level. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not daddy ball. Maybe he would have done this otherwise. I don't think so, but those are just my thoughts. All right. We have one segment left, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about one of the Husker greats of all time and his son committing here at the University of Nebraska.
Don't go anywhere. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.